Hi, and welcome to the Markeisha Hall podcast. I'm your host, Markeisha Hall, and I'm an IP coach, parent empowerment partner, and certified autism travel professional. I'm working on some great lineups for the summer, but in the meantime, listen to this interview that I had with the founder of IEP Coach, Master IEP Coach, Catherine Witcher. I have been getting to know her story, why she became a Master IEP Coach, and her experience both professionally and personally in the special education community. She has a story that I had never heard before, and I thought, "Mm -hmm, we need to share this because it's information that is needed. So, Markeisha, first of all, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. Will you share with us a little bit about your story professionally, personally, how you ended up here as a master IP coach and, and working and helping families through the system? Oh, absolutely. I um, was a general teacher initially, and then I got into uh, early childhood special education, got my master's there, fell in love with it, um, noticed that um, a lot of the parents... Um, were either intimidated or weren't as knowledgeable about the IEP process. So I would help them on the side, um, you know, because you work for the district and then you have to help the parents. So um, then I got out of the classroom in 2014 and just wanted to start my own consulting so I can help on a global, uh, more global level. Um, and then I um, got into fostering Um by a friend of mine's, actually, she was fostering a sibling group, but then she couldn't have them all. And she said, could you help me? And it only be two weeks. And we got our baby. And um, it was longer than two weeks. We <laughs> we ended up adopting him, uh, fostering him. Um, we went through the fostering process, which in California, it's called a resource family that's not called a foster parent. They call you a resource family. They make you go through um, hours of training to have that designation. Um, so when we got um, our little, he, and they gave us his uh, education packet and health packet. And they said, oh, he's fine. He's healthy. No problems. And we said, well, well great. He was 28 months when we got him. And he wasn't talking. And so we were like, well, maybe, you know, there's a lot of trauma that goes into kids that get placed. He, um, so we thought, well, he's going to warm up to us and he's going to have a few words because on his actual, um, health record and educational record said that he had a few words that we had, we just hadn't heard him. And so then we bought him toys and we noticed that he was lining them up. Um, Sorry about that. In real life, we are we are moms. <laughs> it is Sorry. real life. Don't worry. You yeah. know what? As you said that, I'm like, you know what? I should like double check that I'm on do not disturb. Oh no, I apologize for that. Oh gosh, don't Uh-oh. worry about it. Everybody who's seeing this is a parent, is a teacher, is an admin, is a therapist. Right. They are multitasking just right. like all of us. So with that, so you have your um, you know, child and he's 28 months and you you have the paperwork and you're being told things by professionals and it's a unique situation because you are a professional right. in the field when it comes to child development, when it comes to educational needs right. and you're, you know, operating from this like analytical side of your brain where you're like, Hmm, 
I think I know something. And then there's the mom side of you. That's like, I just, I'm going to take care of this child and they're giving me this paperwork and everything should be reflected in here. So I have the best information to work from so I can support this child. But those two sides, like they were conflicting. Right. And it was also like, am I hypersensitive? Because I am in the field. Um, So I brought up the, um, within our training, I want to backtrack a little bit. There was no real training of if you have a child, if you start fostering a child that has special needs, here's the additional help that you will, would need. And um, as we went through the process, we didn't initially have his educational rights, which is difficult to have a child that has special needs and you don't have their educational rights, um, nor his medical um, rights. It was a long process. And me and my husband, who is also in special education, um, we had to fight and it was hard because we weren't um, the legal parents. So that's so important for teachers to hear right now. So for teachers who have students in their classroom who may be foster students or, you know, in a foster family or they're in the process of adoption, that there's they're not with their legal parents. Right. Do not assume that the family that they're living with can actually do things right. for them in the system. And that's right. when I was like, wait a minute. So you have this child and now you're like coming to this conclusion that some things are going to need to get done. And then you realize right. you can't even do that. You can't even do them. And that was heartbreaking and convincing them that like, no, I know what I'm talking about. And this is what I see and um, having it delayed. Cause then it would have to go to um, his lawyer like foster kids have lawyers. The lawyer goes to the judge. The judge says that you can or you cannot um, do the testing that was needed or anything was needed. He had a lot of needs um, that took took longer, which was upsetting me because I was like, we, especially early childhood, it needs to happen now. Like he's already been not having these services. And I, um, it was difficult. And me and my husband both said that if we weren't in special education and we didn't know the lingo and the way to push um, to best support um, our baby, our now baby, well, he's five now, but um, then it might be something that we wouldn't have done, honestly, you know, because it was that difficult and we are in the profession. So I could only imagine how foster families, um, I get emotional about this. I'm so sorry. I feel like I'm going to tear up. Um find it more uh, difficult. And then those children end up going back into the system when they could have, if the parents maybe were more supported and what to look out for. So they're not, um, you know, when behaviors happen or they're not talking or they're not meeting their milestones, if there was a support system for them to say, oh, this is okay. And this is where you need to do. And I'll walk you through those steps. Then um, they go back into the system and, the the stats say that kids with special needs are least likely to get adopted and um, boys are even less likely. And then African-American boys are even less likely. So our baby was on, had all hit all those things. And as much as we did, as much as we do love him, it was, it was a difficult process. And if we weren't into special education, it would have been, you know, a situation, it it, might've been a different situation. I mean, it was difficult. 
Absolutely. And, and you know, that, that passion that you feel and tear, tearing up. Yeah. And that's exactly when you and I were talking before this and I was getting to know, you know, you and your story and, and how to help you reach more families. And I was like, oh, we need to tell this story because, yeah. I, you know, you do have a passion, you have an insight for it and you have solutions to get through that system. Yes. And you have the perseverance to do it and to help a family do that. Because what I'm hearing is it might have been impossible to keep your son in your home had you not known that there actually were solutions right. to work towards. Like you knew right. if we can just get this, this, this and alignment. Yes. Okay. We'll be in a right. good place. But if people don't know what those things are, they don't even know that there's hope and help right. and resources, mm -hmm. then we're losing the opportunity to keep a child who already has some things stacked against them yes. for, for staying in a home. We're, we're going to lose that opportunity. And that's right. where, that's why I wanted to talk about this story. And this won't be the only time we're going to talk about this because mm -hmm. we have got to, to share this often about that. Yes. So I did put your website up here because I want people as they're listening here and they're thinking, Oh my goodness, I am a foster family and yes. I didn't know there was resources. Reach out to Marquisha. If you're thinking my best friend was doing this or I heard of somebody or you're in a special needs group, you know, we all tend to be connected in different ways through social media and things. And you're hearing yes. somebody struggle, please send them right. to Marquisha because there are ways to get through this. Absolutely. So, so I want to make sure that people know that. So hop on over there and you can always reach out. The other thing is, as you're watching this video, no matter where you're watching at, there's going to be some place to put comments above or below to the side. Put comments here. We do read the comments. We are in there, you know, giving you resources so you can get to the next step. Yes. So make sure you reach out with that. So, OK, so let's get back to now people know how to how to get a hold of you. So that's good. And so you have your, your son and you have the struggles and you don't have the legal rights. Right. And there's another piece in there that I just want to make sure that people heard this, that a child with special needs is, is hard to place into a home. So often that paperwork will not reflect the true needs. That's not Absolutely. a unique thing for you, right? This is something that you see. Oh, that happened to, to us, actually. He, they didn't have any, he wasn't diagnosed with anything. In fact, they said that he was, you know, fine. And actually, they said that he had words and and um, was developing um, normally. And that was not the case. I mean, it just, I understand why they want to get um, kids into homes because the need is there, you know, foster kids are, I don't know what the numbers are, but it's a lot, it's a big number. And so they don't tell that because then some people might be, um, you know, scared off. I don't want to, they have these different stigmas of what a special needs child looks like and what their behaviors are and how difficult it could be. Um, and so they would shy away from those. So they don't put it on there. And I fought, I think it should be put on there because it's really doing the child a disservice. Um, even if they're going to, from home to home, which my son, poor baby, he went, he was in the four homes and we got him at 28 months. That's a lot. He got a lot. a lot and his siblings also, which also had special needs, which we created a file 
got them their um, IEPs and hopefully they're being followed where they go, but at least it's um, knowledge that the parents should have because if they decide not to and he goes back into the system, instead of starting the uh, cycle of, oh no, he's fine. It's just a little bit of trauma. And when there's really some needs that can be addressed, um, hopefully the IP you know, would follow them or what their needs are would follow them. So I really am advocating for that to be a part of it, not to, not to hide it. Because the longer they go um, without the supports that they could have, then the least likely is to, or the longer it'll take to see progress. Sure, sure. So, you know, I, I have a question for you that um, we, we didn't, you know, just so everybody knows, we didn't prep questions. I just knew she had a story and I wanted to talk and to, to have her tell her story in there. So here's my question for you. So if I'm a teacher and I have a child who's in my classroom who has been through, um, you know, foster families or the adoption process, and maybe they're even with their permanent family right now, but we know that there's something. Okay. And and what what's the best thing that as a teacher, so as a general education teacher who's saying, okay, this is a child who was um, ad adopted or in the process of or is being fostered, and there's no paperwork. Like maybe I'm thinking in my gut, maybe this child should have had an IEP. There should be things done. What should the team be doing? Um, well, initially, they could, a teacher can always make a referral. General education, uh, general education teachers can make the referrals off of their observations and the classwork that they have in class. And that's super important because you, the teacher sees the child there every day in the academic setting. And um, everyone's not a teacher. I happen to be a teacher, so I know what to look for, you know. But um, all foster parents aren't. So maybe you could be the first step into helping that child um, identify what um, and, and getting him a team together, him or her, a team together that can change his, change their life. You know, you could be the first step if you're a general ed teacher um, to make that referral and um, move forward in the process. Yeah. And I don't want general education teachers to ever be afraid to do that. It, there's not right. going to be any harm of you no. making that referral if there's nothing that comes of it. Yep. The other thing is, if a parent, I'm thinking about, you know, a, an adoptive family or foster family parent that does not have the legal rights to make decisions, but if the teacher starts the process, mm -hmm. the school absolutely has the right to yes. move forward in pursuing services. Right. So it's so important for you know, in this case, the school may actually have more power than yes. the family who the child is with. And right. that's something that, you know, that's like the complete opposite of what we talk about a lot of times. But the IEP process, we're talking about, you know, equal members of the IEP team. And we're talking about the parents having an equal voice of the, of the you know, we're talking about all this equality yeah. at the IEP table. And this is where I'm saying like, no, like teachers, you know, yeah. you know, it, I don't care if you're the gym teacher, like, right. Step up. Yeah. <laughs> Step up and see yeah. It's super important. You could be the first start in um, changing a, a student's life. We all know that once um, once our strengths and weaknesses are identified, then we can work from there. So if they're not, then that child just is getting lost in the system. Not just one system, which is the foster, possibly the foster care system, not saying anything negative about it, but also the educational system, if their needs aren't being 
you know, being addressed. Um, yeah. And we're not, it, that's the thing. A system is a system. It right. doesn't work correctly for everybody. It's built for right. the masses. It's not built for the exception. Yes. And that's what, what we're always looking at is, you know, we happen to work with all families and all children who have all the exceptions to all the systems right. that are set up. So we're always looking for those loopholes of how we can, you know, kind of work the system right. um, to get what we need. So as we start to wrap up, we need an update on your son. So you started with where he started at, and then we know that you, and I know people are going to have questions. So we'll be back to kind of fill in some of those gaps, okay. um, different processes that we, um, you know, need to talk about, about how you got from point A to point B. Right now, we just yeah. want to bring this to the surface. So right. I mean, I cannot shout it loud enough to people like, step up. You are not yeah. alone in yeah. this being a struggle in this specific community. So, all right. So give us an update. How is your son? He is doing great. He loves to um, TikTok and Snapchat. He's got older siblings, so he's um, he's a he's a scrappy one because he's got older. All my all the I call them the OG three. Um, he he's trying to hang with them. He's talking so much better and learning to advocate for himself with his with his needs. I mean our family and friends that are around us are just, just a complete like 360. I mean, he's doing really well. He's going to go um, be going to kin the big kid school. He says, cause he'll be in kindergarten um, coming up depending on what, <laughs> what schools look like. Um, but that's where he, he's, he's, he's made so much um, progress and growth. It's just wonderful to see, like nature versus nurture kind of thing, like just the being in an environment and having his needs addressed. And thank God that we are able to um, to help outside of the therapy and things also. Yeah, Definitely and can I just say, us. you know, you and I have been on a couple of, you know, Zoom kind of meetings and he's been around in the back. Yes. So he he's is super cute. In the door, right? He's actually peeking. Oh, <laughs> he's super cute and he's super polite because yeah. both times we talked, he's like, I need a snack. Yes. And he was so polite and so, and in clear words and yes. all of those things that we look at as educators right. and parents, yes. you know, that, you know, it's funny here as we talk in the special needs world, like most parents don't share things like that, but we do. We're like, he yes. asked for a snack, politely right. followed directions and yep. went and got that granola bar yep. and did all those things. And those are huge wins. They're huge. They're huge. So it's, big. Hard. It's so big. Like, especially all parents that have um, kiddos, when you get those reports and it says all the things that you're just like breaking, breaking your heart, like, just hang in there. Yeah. <laughs> and all, in there. The rest, all the little things are just progress and every kid progress, progresses at their own um, speed. And don't take that, you know, don't take those things to heart. It's just a starting, it's a starting point. I yeah. love that. It's a starting point and it's an opportunity, right? Every yeah. one of those, like, here's a deficit. It's like, no, yeah. here's an opportunity. Yeah. It's an opportunity for us. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So we're going to leave the conversation there. And okay. again, uh, so, but I have two things for people. Okay. One is that I want, if anybody's like, wait a minute, how did she go from teacher to, you know, doing her own consulting work? And then what is this master IEP coach thing? I'm going to encourage you to go over to masteriepcoach.com. Or if you want to know specifically how 
Markeisha Felt in the program, what she's doing with it, and how she's helping families as a master IP coach, you can reach directly out to her too. And the way I'm going to pop that up there again, there's her website. And again, if you know of anybody or if you yourself are going through this struggle of just figuring out this system, specifically when it comes to foster families, the adoption journey, um, you are in a unique place, but you are not alone. No, no. So, all right, Marcus, I'm going to say thank you for sharing your story with everyone. And we'll talk again real soon. Okay. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to one of my first interviews that are lives that I did in 2020. It's important information. If you know someone that's fostering or adopting a child with special needs, go ahead and have them contact me. I'd love to chat. And if you found this helpful, go ahead and leave a five-star review. Uh